There's been a lot of questions about guys having to step up and be leaders. Have you talked to your teammates and do you guys talk about that moving forward, being leaders on this team? Um, not really. Not really. Welcome to Basis Juiced, presented by PointsBet Sportsbook. I'm the prop queen, Ariel Epstein. It was a fire sale yesterday for one team in baseball. Not the New York Yankees, though. Go figure. Maybe one day we'll see the Yankees make the proper moves. One team knew that they had to. Going to get into that, talk about how the futures market's been moving around baseball. Best bets, huge day slate of games on a Wednesday, of course, travel day. Got some really good teams to look at. Some teams are way more profitable in the daytime than others. There's one side. You got to get on it. I'm probably going to not have my Orange Theory class today or go to it because I want to watch this game. I'll get to that in the next block. Um, Let's talk about the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox yesterday decided we need to make some big, big changes. It's been almost 20 years that some of these Big names have been in the White Sox organization, yet the last two years have been an absolute dumpster fire. The White Sox have started the year this year 7-21 and never really looked back. That's following a 2022 season where the White Sox were five games below 500 and never finished above uh, five games above 500 last season, finished 81-81. and We'll start with um, Williams, uh, executive VP Ken Williams. He was in his 11th season as EVP with the White Sox. He was GM for 12 seasons, 2001 to 2012. As GM, Williams won 2005 World Series, 2008 AL Central title, originally joined the front office back in 1992 as a scout. Han, the GM, Rick Han, he's there for the past 11 seasons as GM. Consecutive postseason appearances in 2020 as a wild card, 2021 as AL Central champions, joined the organization in October of 2000, helped them win the World Series in 05, 2008 division champs. The resume is there. These two have produced, Williams and Hahn, great Chicago White Sox teams in the past. That was in the past. Those both, Williams and Hahn, hired the current White Sox manager, Pedro Griffel, in November. Despite their departures, the White Sox say that they're keeping Griffel through next season. That's according to reporter Bob Nightingale. I don't see these players having much respect for Griffel. Looks like he lost the locker room since that 7-21 start. I know people don't like Tony La Russa, old school coach. I'm just such an old school baseball lover that at least you've got to respect-ish Tony La Russa. I know Chicago hates him. Fine, you can hate him all you want. At least he's got this baseball pedigree more so and success than Griffel. Old school managers don't always work. I get it. These young players don't like this old school mindset. The White Sox need to get... I don't see just getting rid of the GM and EVP as being their only issue. Maybe they bring in somebody with a lot more... Maybe they bring in you know fresh... You need fresh ideas, and that's what the Yankees need to do. Fresh ideas. You can't live in the past, the White Sox. In the Yankees, you can't live in the past knowing that these two have created successful teams before. That's great. The league has changed. Players are different these days. 
I don't mind a lot of what the White Sox have done. I The reason that I don't like Griffel as manager, clearly the personalities, clearly the work ethic with so much talent on that roster. Luis Robert, you've got Tim Anderson, who has a hot head, already served a five-game suspension this year and has had many other issues in his past. You had to get rid of Lucas Giolito. You sent him to the Angels because your season's been over. Dylan Cease is a great pitcher. Just nobody's producing. When you're not producing and you've got big names on your roster, it starts from the top, and it also trickles down to the manager. It's not like the NBA. In the NBA, you get rid of people. Usually the team wins that day. Didn't happen for the White Sox. They lost to the Mariners 6-3. to Seattle was minus 155 on the money line. The total was 8.5. That's important. This game was 6-2 to heading into the bottom of the ninth. Total 8.5. White Sox left fielder Andrew Benatendi hits a solo home run, makes it 6-3, and catches the over of 8-5. Whoops. Irrelevant, considering the White Sox weren't coming back, and it's just an irrelevant home run that ruins any kind of under for you. Seattle, a season-high eight straight win. Mariners are averaging just a seven and a half, just about seven and a half runs per game in their eight-game win streak. Seattle third baseman Josh Rojas, he is on fire. Hit a two-run homer yesterday. He's hitting 321 with two homers, six RBI in his last seven games. The Seattle bullpen is why this team has a shot in the playoffs. Mariners have the third best bullpen in baseball. It showed yesterday with six Seattle relievers combining for five effective innings. The Mariners are a game back of the AL West. One game. Mariners, their win streak is coinciding with a Rangers six-game losing streak. Last Wednesday, the Mariners were seven and a half games behind the Rangers for the AL West lead. The Rangers only have a half-game lead over the Astros, a one-game lead over the Mariners. Close out there in the AL West. The Houston Astros, they did win yesterday, got the 7-3 W over the Red Sox. Half-game back of the Rangers. The Astros were minus 130 on the money line. Total was eight and a half. Justin Verlander. Four games back since joining the Astros at the trade deadline. This one, six innings pitch, five hits, scoreless baseball, season high nine strikeouts. Boston's manager, Alex Cora, gets ejected in the game. So does right fielder Alex Verdugo, both ejected for arguing balls and strikes. You saw Verlander messing with his pitch comm. Apparently something was not working properly. While Verlander was like trying to figure out his pitch comm issue, Cora walks out. There's a video of Verlander saying, F off, Alex. He says the full thing. I'm not going to say it. I don't like to curse on air. Alex Cora is the reason Pitchcom is a thing. The Red Sox were cheaters. The Astros were cheaters, too. I mean, Verlander was was part of that whole ordeal. Yet the Red Sox and Alex Cora were the ones that got caught with picking up the signs even to begin with on those Apple Watches. That's when Alex Cora got suspended for a season. Verlander has to use a device that's not currently working, and Alex Cora comes out of the dugout <laughs> to argue balls and strikes, and also like the stoppage of time with Verlander. I just the whole thing was one big karmic cycle. It was seven to one Houston going into the ninth inning. The total was eight and a half. Your total's sitting at eight. You're thinking, okay, everything's just irrelevant at this point. Boston doesn't need to try to come back. They're down six runs. Whatever. Red Sox DH, Justin Turner, hits a two-run single in the top of the ninth, cashes the over of eight and a half. You'd have to shoot me. 
<laughs> Hail West odds update. As I mentioned, the Astros Mariners won and the Rangers lost six games straight. The Rangers are plus 140 to win the AL West. The Astros' best odds on the board to win the division at plus 115, Mariners plus 280. Half a game back, Astros. Mariners, one game back. Told you guys, if you've been listening to this show, I have been boasting about how the Astros are going to win this division. You were getting them at plus 150 at one point to win the AL West, the Astros. How is it that the Astros have the third shortest odds to win the World Series, yet they're behind the Rangers in the division race? Obviously, I know you could win the division, get in the playoffs. There was still, I said yesterday, the Astros were minus 500 to make the playoffs. The Rays were minus 2,500 to make the playoffs. As crazy as it sounds, minus 500 for the Astros to make the playoffs was hilarious. It was actually valuable, and I never would say a minus 500 has value. I wouldn't bet it. It does, though. The Astros to make the playoffs? Third shortest odds to win the World Series, now shortest odds to win their division, and yesterday, minus 500 to make the playoffs. Makes no sense. A team that also does not make sense, the Toronto Blue Jays. They did get a, ten, a win in the 10th inning over the AL East-leading Baltimore Orioles, 6-3. The Blue Jays were minus 105 on the money line, short underdogs, total was 8. I'm so sorry if you bet the under 8 in this game. Again, the total landed 6-3. The game was 3-3, heading into extra innings. Toronto's DH, Brandon Belt, hits a home run to make it 5-3. You're still under an 8.5. Later in the inning... Toronto's first baseman, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., scores on a wild pitch. That makes it nine. Your total, eight and a half. If you have the under, it's dead. That loss ended the Orioles' three-game winning streak, cut the Orioles' AL East lead to two games over the Tampa Bay Rays. The Orioles could not score with runners in scoring position last night, two for 14, stranding 10. Despite the Blue Jays' uh, win, they're still one game back of the Mariners for the final wild card spot in the AL. Jays are still minus 225 to make the playoffs. They're on the outside looking in. Again, minus 225 for the Jays to make the playoffs. Facing a ton of AL East contenders next month is just stupid. An update to the AL wild card. You've got the Rays in the number one spot, minus 3,500, four and a half games up in that one spot. Astros a half game up into the second wild card spot. They're minus 650 to make the playoffs now. Mariners in the final wild card spot. Now minus 250 to make the playoffs with the Jays one game back, minus 225. The books are saving themselves because they know that all three of these four teams are getting in. It's not as big of a race in the AL as it is in the NL. No value here for anybody to make the playoffs, of course, with everyone minus $2. There's more value in the AL West race. There's value potentially in the AL East race. There's value in the AL pennant race. Astros are the team to beat. People are giving me crap because they talk about the Texas Rangers. I'm going to tell you why at the end of this block, because we've got to talk about the Diamondbacks, who the Rangers lost to. I'm going to tell you why the Rangers are not a World Series contender. NL. The Cubs lost. They lost to the Tigers. Tigers were plus 100 on the money line. Total was 8.5. Game goes over the full game uh, total of 8.5 in the fourth inning. Tigers second baseman, Andy Abanez, hits uh, two run his first two homer game. Former Tiger Drew Smiley pitched for the Cubs, took the loss, allowing seven runs on eight hits, three walks, and three and two thirds innings. 
All right, Cubs. You got – it's fine. You got a little bit of – it'll be okay for you. Phillies beat the Giants 4-3. to Phillies minus 130 on the money line. Went under 9. Giants were leading 3-2 heading into the bottom of the ninth. Philly shortstop Trey Turner had a two-run single in the bottom of the ninth that bounced off San Francisco reliever Camilo Duvall's glove, went into center field. Phillies get the dub. Phillies increased their uh, lead to four games over San Francisco in the NL wild card. The Giants have lost 12 of their last 16 games. They fall behind Chicago and Arizona. The Giants are tied with Cincinnati for the fourth outside looking in NL wild card spot. This was a Giants team that just was in the second place of the wild card a couple of days ago. The NL is going to be wild coming down the stretch. It was wild to see the Angels all-star Mike Trout come back so fast, even with the Angels pretty much out of the playoff race now. They played the Reds. The Reds spoiled Trout's return, beat the Angels 4-3. to Reds were plus 130 as a dog, went under the total of 9.5. Trout went one for four in his return, infield single. First came back after seven weeks gone. Trout missed 38 games after surgery on a broken bone in his hand. The Reds scored three unearned runs in the fifth inning. If you don't get Trout hitting, you don't get Otani hitting. He went over three of the walk and two strikeouts. Angels are screwed. The Reds are fun to watch, which we know we've known. The Reds have been fun to watch since the All Star break, ever since bringing up their third baseman Ellie De La Cruz. The Reds' rotation is going to be good one day. One day in the next three years. Cincinnati's righty Graham Ashcraft, he racked up a career-high 10 Ks in seven innings. You get back your ace, Hunter Green, who throws 100 miles an hour, came back from injury last week. Andrew Abbott, Graham Ashcraft, Brandon Williamson. Even just Abbott, Ashcraft, and Williamson have the two, the three ERAs that are actually like pretty average, like good average, not bad average. They're all, they've got their ERA below a four, which for young pitchers, I'll take anything in the threes. The Marlins are going to make things interesting. I don't really have faith in them. Feels like every year the Marlins are right there in the mix for the playoffs. Then they always lose in September, and that was starting, except they did get the win over the Padres, three to nothing yesterday. Marlins are plus one. Plus 143 on the money line. Total goes under 7.5. Miami's righty Jesus Lazardo threw a two-hit shutout over six innings. Marlins DA Torre Soler hit his 33rd home run of the year. The Marlins entered the game having lost five of their last six games. Second worst road record since the All-Star break, or since the end of June. Second worst road record the Marlins have. The only team worse is Kansas City. Padres starter Blake Snell. Having an NL Cy Young season, came in as the MLB leader in ERA, top three in strikeouts, got roughed up. Snell ends up giving up three runs in the third. The Padres' offense is just brutal. It's so it it's painful to watch this Padres lineup. They're averaging three and a half runs a game in the last two weeks. Padres have lost 11 of their last 16 games. Postseason odds dropped from 46% to 10%. The Padres still have the easiest remaining strength of schedule in the National League. If the, if the Padres, who have their big four, Soto, Bogarts, Machado, I'm missing one. Uh, but these players, yep, Tatis, thank you. Those four, 
are all hitting below 200 combined since the All-Star break. You're relying on, like, these these younger players like Hassan Kim, who's having a heck of a second half, and yet this team had the this team was plus 100 to win the NL West behind the Dodgers. Plus 100. The Dodgers were minus 120 to win the division. This is the team? Three and a half runs a game? 10% chance to make the playoffs? Absurd. The White Sox should be ashamed. The Yankees should be ashamed. No team should be more ashamed this year than the San Diego Padres. Right there last season. You knocked the Dodgers out of the playoffs last year. They were scared of you to come and play this year. Don't tell me the Dodgers going into the season didn't think you were the only team aside for the Braves that they really had to contend with. Now you're a laughing stock. That whole front office in San Diego, go. Gotta go. Something's wrong. You took every big player in baseball. You made an all-star lineup. Great job. Great job in the scouting department, your GM. Great job putting this lineup together. How are we not developing? How are we not getting the most out of these players? I would love to ask some of these former players or even current players, what is it within this organization that's not getting the production out of all-stars? Juan Soto was supposed to make one of the biggest contracts not named Shohei Otani in baseball. Nothing. Fernando Tatis Jr., most hyped-up return, had to be suspended, had all these injuries, not the same. Manny Machado, he hasn't even been able to play much, because, and now he's DHing because he's got soreness in his elbow. It's an embarrassment. The Padres actually annoy me more than the Yankees this year because I at least had money on the Padres. They were my World Series champs along with the Tampa Bay Rays. I had them as my NLAL pick. And yet we've got the Rays that are an absolute abomination because they can't keep a pitcher healthy. Four out of their five starters this year, gone. Now your shortstop, Wander Franco, is dealing with off-the-field issues because, I don't know, I don't want to say anything out of turn, so I'm not going to be mean. And then you've got the Padres, who just didn't show up to the 2023 season. Moving on, Diamondbacks-Rangers. The Diamondbacks beat the Rangers 6-3 for their fifth straight win. Diamondbacks were minus 120. Total was 8.5, goes over. The D-backs complete the two-game sweep. They've won uh, with their Cy Young leader, Zach Gallen, who struck out 11 over six innings pitched. Gallen, the NL Cy Young favorite, at plus 175. Blake Snell did himself no favors yesterday, competing in the same day as Gallen. Those two are neck and neck for Cy Young. Still think there's value on Blake Snell. The reason that you're not getting Snell up there even closer, maybe plus 175 for Gallon, 2-1 to one to Snell. Instead, Snell's like in 3-1 to one range. It's because of playoff contention. The Diamondbacks have been in playoff contention all year. Padres haven't. Bottom line. The Rangers, by the way, so they lose now six straight games. The Rangers' bullpen is the reason that they keep losing. What was it, two days ago, Raldis Chapman blows another lead? You need a good bullpen to make it to the World Series. I'm not saying that the Rangers aren't competitive. They are. I'm just concerned that the Rangers aren't going to be able to beat a team like Houston. The only reason the Rangers could beat the Mariners is because those are two just crazy lineups, and I trust the Rangers lineup to outscore the Mariners in case the Mariners like go dead or something in their lineup. But the Mariners' bullpen is freaking good. Their pitching has been overachieving. Rangers' starting rotation is good. You've got Ivaldi if he stays healthy. You've got Scherzer who could go seven. You've got John Gray who's been on and off. You've got some good 
pitching. It's okay. But your bullpen's just terrible. And you're not going to beat the Astros in the AL if you've got to go and make it through the 7th, 8th, and ninth inning. Back to the NL, the NL wildcard update. Phillies, they've got a three-and-a-half game lead in the first wildcard spot, minus 1,200 to make the playoffs. Cubs, they are in the second wildcard spot at plus, uh, excuse me, minus 120 to make the playoffs. D-backs, plus 105, final wildcard spot. Giants half game back, plus 125. Reds half game back, plus 175. Marlins one game back, plus 150 to make the playoffs. Mm. Value, maybe back on the Giants, plus 125. Cubs were my favorite uh, a week ago. So I'm just going to sit here and root on my Cubs to get over their win total of 76.5. Coming up next, best bets for today and tonight's slate of games. Stay here on Basis Juice. Welcome back to Basis Juice, presented by PointsBet Sportsbook. I've got picks, except I've got three day games. There's a lot of money to be had with three of these teams playing in afternoon baseball. I'd love to give a shout-out to my friend in Vegas from Wager Talk, Ralph Michaels. He nails all these trends. Only one of the day games is a play of mine. I'm going to play the Phillies game. I'll talk to you in a second about that. Three teams that are on the slate in the afternoon are very profitable in day games. Starting with the Milwaukee Brewers, they're minus 140 on the money line against Minnesota. I love the value because their ace, Corbin Burns, is on the mound. Burns, he's done well. 4-1 with a 2-3-4 ERA in his last nine starts, dating back to the beginning of July. The Brewers won six of those nine games. Milwaukee scored 28 runs in their last four. Lineup's heating up. Milwaukee's the fifth most profitable money line team in day games. They're 31-22 straight up. That's 58.5%. The play would be Brewers on the money line at minus 140. Not an official play, just part of the trend. The Phillies is my favorite day game. I'll bet on minus 126 on the money line at points bet sportsbook against the San Francisco Giants. The Phillies are the third most profitable money line team in day games at 31 and 19. That's 62%. Fifth most profitable at home in day games, 68%. Phillies lineup's heating up. Their catcher, JT Real Muto, hitting 371 in 10 games. He's four for 12 with two homers against the Giants' righty Alex Cobb. Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber, they also have been hitting above 300 lately with Harper hitting a few homers. Giants have lost 10 of their last 13 games, averaging three runs a game. The Giants' bullpen is so tired. They have the most innings pitched of any bullpen this year. 5.05 ERA in the last two weeks. The Giants have lost each of Cobb's last three starts, 0-2, with an ERA just below a 9 for Cobb. Bad second half. Looked great, Cobb, in the first half of the season. Cy Young contender. Second half, bad. The stats back it up. The trends back it up. Phillies, money line. Great value at home, minus 126. It's Shohei Otani Day in L.A. The Angels, they're taking on the Reds. I'm not in love with this play solely because the Angels righty Shohei Otani is coming off the like one missed start. He hasn't pitched in two weeks. Pitches five, maybe six. The Angels are the fourth most profitable money line team in day games at 22 and 15. Pricey money line at minus 180. That's why run line would be more the play, which I don't mind too because the run line's hitting at 54% in Angels day games. Arm fatigue from Otani. Hasn't allowed an earned run, though, in his last three outings. If you like Otani, you could lay the one and a half 
I'm going to stay away. Just like giving you trends. Aside for the Phillies in the day game, now I've got a 4 o'clock Eastern time game. These are my official picks. Not about a trend. It's about what I like. Marlins, Padres. Oh, Siri doesn't understand gambling, apparently. Marlins, Padres. First five under, four and a half runs. Marlins righty, Sandy Alcantara, the NL Cy Young winner of last year, finally is coming back to form. His last five starts, 3-1, 2-1-3 ERA. Numbers are great against the Padres in Alcantara's career. 2-1, 2-1-6 ERA, four career starts. The Padres can't score. They're averaging three and a half runs per game in their last 16. That is the second fewest of the month. Only the Royals are worse. Soto, Machado, Tatis, Bogarts. Combined 196 batting average. Who's hitting on this team aside for Kim? For pitching, Padres righty Seth Lugo, 3-1. Flat three ERA and 32 appearances against the Marlins. Weather indicates a decrease in runs, decrease in extra base hits, decrease in singles. Oh, and the Padres' first five unders at home, third most profitable, up just under six units. 27-37-2 over-under in the first five this year at Petco Park. All that being said, first five under, Marlins, Padres. Orioles at plus 110 as a home dog. Are you kidding me? Has the, have the Orioles not proven anything to the sports books at all? In two years. I would have hammered this last year. It probably would have been plus 135, plus 140. The O's continue to get underbooked, which is why they are the third most profitable home money line team in baseball, up just over six units, 36 and 24 on the money line when playing at Camden Yards. I like the O's plus 110 against Toronto. Orioles righty Jack Flaherty, 2-0 with a sub-1 ERA in his two starts against Toronto this year. Baltimore is hitting 280 against their former pitcher, now with the Blue Jays' righty Kevin Gossman, in two starts. Gossman's 1-2 with a 5.06 ERA against his former team. Baltimore's first baseman, Ryan Matcastle, hitting 414 in his career against Toronto this season, or excuse me, against Toronto this season. Orioles third baseman Gunnar Henderson hitting 419 in his last seven games. The Orioles lineup's heating up. I don't mind Jack Flaherty on the mound at home. I certainly don't mind the Orioles at home. I'm nervous about Kevin Gossman on the road. You're getting a great value play here for Baltimore because it's Kevin Gossman. Plus 110, Orioles money line. This one's going to shock you. It is the first time since opening day that I have talked highly about the New York Yankees. I'm betting the Yankees, minus 140 on that money line against the Washington Nationals. Do not bet with your heart, bet with your brain. This number is bizarre. You're giving me, not giving, you're telling me minus 140 with the Yankees righty, Luis Severino, who's had an ERA above a 14 in the last two months, who's got an ERA this season of over a 7, the second worst in baseball. Severino is laying minus 140. I love the Nationals lefty Mackenzie Gore. He's got great stuff. Not pitching as well on the road this year as he does at home. Gore's ERA on the road, 5-1-1. Yankees have the sixth highest OPS against lefties. My favorite of the year. Great Yankee stat. The only positive Yankee stat this season. 
Yankees are 13 and 9 straight up against lefty starters. Yankees on the money line. Numbers too good to be true. Minus 140. Is, I mean, this, it's nuts. Go Yankees. Houston Astros, they're playing tonight. They've got the Red Sox. Astros righty. Jose Urquidy is on the mound. Under four and a half Ks for Urquidy. Against righties with Urquidy's pitch mix, the Red Sox have a 19.4% K rate. That is the fifth lowest in baseball. For Urquidy to hit five or more Ks, he's got to face an average of 26 Red Sox batters. His season high is 24. Urquidy has not even seen a team this season that has as low of a K rate as the Red Sox. Red Sox averaging four and a half strikeouts a game against righty starters. Those righty starters are 38 and 50 over under their K prop this year. Under four and a half Ks for Urquidy. Hitter pitcher matchups to keep an eye out on. Houston second baseman Jose Altuve hitting 294 with a double three home runs against Red Sox lefty Chris Sale. Astros third baseman Alex Bregman hitting 313 with two homers against Sale. Tiger shortstop Javier Baez hitting 571 with four doubles and two homers against Chicago's righty Jamison Tyone. Be careful of Baez. He did get scratched from yesterday's game. There's a flu bug going around the Tigers locker room that could or could not play a factor tonight on Baez. Has great career numbers, though, against Tyone. Baltimore second baseman Adam Frazier, he's hitting 390 with three doubles against Toronto's righty Kevin Gossman. And there was one more there on the list for the Orioles. Or no, excuse me, the Padres. Their outfielder, Trent Grisham. He's hitting 375 with a double, a triple, against Miami's righty Sandy Alcantara. Let's see Alcantara go back to normal form today. Stay there. Stay in normal form. Remember that. First five under in Padres. And, uh... Marlins. Trent Grisham, don't do anything until after the fifth. That's it for us here at Basis Juice, presented by Points Bet Sportsbook. I'm the prop queen, Ariel Epstein. See you tomorrow. Whether it's the spread, money line, or over under total runs, make sure you're betting within your means every year from April through October. Budget your bets, just like you do for drinks and hot dogs at a game.